<laughs> do it again. It. Do it again. Uh, you missed it. I, I did not again. miss it. I saw it. Do it again. So you're free and you want justice for Salem. Yes, in fact, I am. Okay. <laughs> Get out of my room. Hi, sisters. Hi, sisters. It's Jesse And Gretchen. <laughs> and Gretchen. And this is your favorite podcast by sisters. About sisters and for, for everyone. everyone. I think we've settled on everyone. We have. It's actually what's on our podcast cover. Oh, cool. But we don't always do the like by and about in the same order. We don't. That's asking That's okay. a lot. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Maybe yeah. on season two, we'll have it ready. for. Maybe. But by season two, we may have a different podcast cover. Who knows? Oh, I want, you know what I want for a podcast cover. I do know what you want. I, I want the brown you. Fisher Price tape recorder because this is exactly what we used to do on a brown Fisher Price tape recorder. The but only thing we're missing is our brother doing sound effects in the background. And quite honestly, we don't really need that. Oh, we were just giving him something to do. <laughs> we were, we were. Maybe if he records some for us, I'll, I'll put them into a True. podcast. Probably not because I'm sure they'll involve curse words at this day and age. He can do some sound effects without cursing, probably. I would think so. It would be him belching or something. That'd be great. Yep. Um, so Gretchen. Jesse. So did you know that I watched a movie with your daughters last night? I did not, although I heard mention of hanging out with Zsa and I didn't know how that happened because you're clearly in Virginia. What movie did y'all watch? I was we on a watched, date with my husband. We watched Toy Story 2. So I walked our mother through Disney Plus group group watch. I haven't I haven't done it. You'd have to walk me through it too. Oh, it's so cool because I can like do little reactions in all the scenes. But it was also very cool. convenient because there's there's the scene in Toy Story 2 where Jesse, like the the Sarah McLaughlin scene. Oh Lord, yes. So I just like boop, 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 skipped through that and You're it good. did it on every device. Yeah, we don't need any reason for these children to hang on to toys. Yeah. Also, I could just Ugh. see the littlest just bawling her eyes out because that's that would have like struck that emotive chord yeah. in her. Oh. So I skipped through all that so that mom didn't have a bawling baby on her hands. But I could also do like little reactions and like a smiley face will pop up and it'll say who did it. Oh, that's cute. It was so much fun. Speaking of movies, I saw an incredible movie that I totally missed back in 2006. And it was really, really good. What is it? Okay, so backstory. I was on the plane. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's, there's a reason this came up. Uh, so okay, like Jessie, wag the dog or something, was no, it? No, 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 no. Jesse knows my ability to like deep dive anything I like. Like I have that, I have the typical, not neurotypical ADHD brain that does hyper, hyper, hyper focus. I would, yeah, she, she's got that textbook hyper-focus. Textbook. Like if I'm, if, if there's nothing, in, I mean, luckily I have kids or I would be sucking all these little rabbit holes all day long. Or I've always had something to like keep me focused. And I also have my own business, which is great when I get the time to work on it because I can really go into some major flow state there. But I watched Rocket Man on the plane this past quarter when I came back from oh, yeah, um, I remember you telling the sales me and marketing intensive in Virginia. I get to travel by myself every quarter. It's quite a luxury. Um, and I watched Rocket Man on the plane and kind of became obsessed with Taryn Edgerton. 
Not kind not of, obsessed. kind of. So when I say, I, I hate even saying obsessed because it's not the feeling. It's more of that focus. It's the behavior though. Right. It's like, it is, it's an obsessive behavior. But if you know me, you know, I'm just like trying to find all the information on this person that I find interesting. And there's YouTube available. It's a research deep dive. It's yeah. But as someone who went to um, a major research university for undergrad and graduate school, when people call Googling research, I like a twitch develops in my right. No, eye. But I don't feel like you're just Googling. If there were, <laughs> if there were scholarly <laughs> articles written oh, about rocket man, that's you so would true. find them. You probably still have your JSTOR account. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that I ever had any account like that because I had uh, access via the university. Oh, you still have your alumni account then. Sweet. I don't need to know that because I do, I do love a good research paper. If you want to know how nerdy I can be. Okay. Um, so, so your assignment for this podcast is send us a message on Instagram of something that you want Gretchen to research. I will dive deep, but I have to find but it. She's interesting. not interested in it. She yeah. won't do it, but make any suggestions. Yeah. You now know that she deep dives, um, things I find things or people I find interesting. I also, knew that my child now loves goodbye. Yellow brick road. Oh, of course she does. <laughs> does she know, um, oh, someone saved my life tonight. Does she know that song? No, she, she's like me. She hyper focuses. And so okay. her, song, her song was goodbye. Yellow brick road. But I'm the opposite. I have to listen to 47 different songs. Yeah, no, she's almost obsessive. I'm like, here, listen, here's. Oh, I recorded on Instagram, so stand by. Yeah. Did you hear her singing over the top of it? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Well, she started just singing it and she had picked it up from listening. So I will, we've been looking at it. We had this great way to segue into this, but it came from a super tangent that you'll probably hear on a future jorts episode, but there's no way. I mean, are you including it in this podcast? I may be able to cut it. We'll see. But honestly, what happened was Gretchen, you don't, you don't, they really like, you need to save that for another time because it's just, okay. too, it's too much. Okay. But we were going over how I deep dive or obsess and we were trying to figure out why certain people hit the, a certain chord for me. And it's, it's cause they seem it. like little lost children in a big city. Yeah. It's, a, it's anyone that seems like, like they can't believe they're famous, um, or, oh, and you know what I was going to say earlier, uh, one of the people that came up in this category was Jonathan Groff. I actually watched recently the, um, they did the Spring, Spring Awakening Wa- Cast Reunion. The whole music- yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring Awakening Cast Reunion. And now I'm like, uh, take it or leave it. With Jonathan Groff? Yeah. Cause now he's like, so city dude. Oh yeah, like he's, like he's, I hang out on the rooftops of New York yeah. City now. Yeah, exactly. Slash also like I've never really cared for Lee Michelle a great deal. And yeah, same, but we're not going to go just, on that tangent. No, we're not, but I just can't. So, um, but anyway. And they've heard about Enneagrams before. We talked about Enneagrams before and how yours is focused on part of yours is justice. Oh, I'm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, part of being an Enneagram eight, which is what I am through and through is, um, hating injustice like we cannot stand to see injustice we're not warm and cuddly about it but we'll be like out there picketing and not even that like not even to activism type point like really deep down in our core 
if someone, I can see one person suffering and want to help that. I almost don't even get into the whole activism thing as much because that's so many people. Yeah. It's a step back. Like I'm, I want to be realize that that there's going to be people that you can't defend and people that you can't help. Yes. Yes. Like, and, and I think also some of that, so this is super interesting. Some of this has to do with having empathetic tendencies. Cause I was just, I was literally just teaching. So my side job, if you don't know what I do, I'm a life coach, but I coach, um, several different levels of, of people kind of, some people are focusing on their business some are trying to grow personally. And of course I do one-on-ones and, um, this group of clients that I have, we meet together once a month. They're like my elite clients. And we started talking about what true empathy is. Cause so many people think that it's like relating to their feelings or feeling their feelings. And so, so many people, this is where people get a bad rap for like interrupting or jumping in and telling their story mm-hmm. of how they also felt bad because they're trying to relate to you. But the, like a layer of empathy is also wanting to change the feeling for that other person. Yeah. And so, so many people who think they're being empathetic and are like trying to be empathetic miss that little caveat right there. This got way too life coachy, but sorry, that's part of who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's interesting though, in what we're going to talk about tonight. So what are you looking at? My cat found a Q-tip. Okay. I dropped a box of Q-tips the other day and I guess the one he just found and he's walking around the house with it in his mouth. Like it's like, it's his friend. Well, don't tell him he's proud of his. No, cat. no. I'm going to let him keep the Q-tip. It would just really confuse me because I didn't know what was going on in my cat's face. Um, so tonight. Along these lines, we are going to kind of do like a revisit to the Salem menopause trials. Gretchen mentioned on that episode, she mentioned how hard the families fought to clear the names of people who were frequently no longer living or had had their lives ruined or both. Um, And even like generationally forward, it's it was still a fight and and. Part of what kind of inspired this is I have just finished the fourth Practical Magic book. Um, and I have to hand it to Alice Hoffman. She really does write for sisters. She writes sisters well with, I mean, she doesn't have a sister and she said this in interviews. She's always wanted a sister. She writes sisters well, but um, something By that- By the way, I really want to read some Alice Hoffman now. Because- you should, you should. Like not even, not just the Practical Magic books, but all of her books- that have sisterhood in them. Like the way she writes sisters is not romanticized. It's also not like highly dramatic. Like I think sometimes people write these volatile sisters, but hers, like they disagree. They agree. They stick together when the going's tough. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they, they like, there's something that they just don't talk about moving forward because they never agreed on it, which is really cool. That said, I think that her genre, specifically with practical magic, falls into this category of um, like romanticizing Salem witches. Yes. And and saying that some are true witches. And if that is you, like if you are a true witch, by all means, stick to your guns. But what's tough is like if... no, if I get it. No, I get yeah, it. Like yeah. if someone's, if, if you are okay, how about this? How about we say like this too? If you're okay with being called a witch, because that's falls in line with your identity and on some point, then yeah, awesome. Great. But we're specifically talking about those people who 
were not okay with being called a witch were either executed or jailed during the Salem witch trials being called a witch. And then their families have worked for years to change that reputation to the point of even changing their own names. And I mean, these are families that are still in our country. Some people may not realize they're part of that lineage, but I, I would venture well, to part of that are like far and wide lineages at this time. Well, and part of that non-realization is because names were changed and it's not just Salem. It was also Essex County, England. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where the, one of the moms in our episode, if you go back and you listen to probably one of my favorite episodes still to this date, we had a lot of fun with that one. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, go back and listen to the Salem menopause trials and you'll yeah. find out what I recall that. But I talk about the mom of the sisters that we cover and she was accused in Essex County. Well, that is where um, Alice Hoffman's story opens is Essex County. And there's a mirror Essex County that includes Salem in Massachusetts. So that's whoa. I, okay. So I didn't realize, I mean, I do realize now, but that's kind of interesting. So it's clearly the same exact people. Yes. Of course it is. Of course it is. Cause I just talked about a woman that came from the, duh. okay. Yeah. 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 And, and, and she did do her research. I'm not like, this is not a bash Alice Hoffman because I will read these books again. I'll probably listen to them again. Well, um, there's several things we're going to talk about that we both care for. Agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, I love the movie practical magic. Loved it. Oh my gosh. Well, and it all stems from her ability to write sisters. Yeah. Generation after generation of sisters. And even that movie, doesn't it start with a, we're kind of, we're kind of getting off of what we want to talk about though. Right. So, yeah. It starts with a witch trial. Yeah. Maria Owen. That's witch part trial. of one. What we're wanting to talk about tonight is this. How do we really feel about the romanticizing? Um, and it, it does all stem from sisters because we, what we looked at originally were these sister books by Alice Hoffman. And then um, the sisters that we covered in the Salem Witch Trial, who we know because one of them survived, really fought hard to clear their last name. Like, how, how much should we care about this? And, and this, when is are, not, yeah. it's not a, this is not a here's our decision and we're coming down on you and you have to make one. But just kind of opening our minds a little bit to like, hmm. Yeah. Also, the announcement... The announcement for the new Hocus Pocus movie was just released. I know. And that, that again, those sisters too. Yeah. Is Salem's sisters who were witches. And those sis- those sister witches in particular prey on children. And yeah. yes, that's part of the conceit of the, the movie. We wouldn't have the first movie if they weren't preying on children. But um, the I, I feel like the laissez-faire government. <laughs> what? <laughs> the... Uh, I just, you know, okay, so uh, that's one thing that I just always remember was laissez-faire government from when I learned about government. I don't know. Okay. Um, I was going more along the lines of the attitude of laissez-faire um, of just like, well, yes, of course, the witches are in Salem. Like we never see Texas witch trials. We never see, you know, the Alaskan hocus pocus, yeah. which would be really boring, I would think. Um, but what, like to me, and this is, so I don't watch, I'm not one of those people that watches Hocus Pocus every year. I'm, I don't even watch practical magic every year. Like my Halloween movie list rarely include, doesn't rarely include those two, but it includes the craft more than it includes those two. Um, Hocus Pocus is just like, it's your typical Salem witches, right? 
with pointy hats, corsets. Yeah. Pointy shoes. Well, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, that the, Puritan layer clothing. Right. Exactly. Like a, a puritanical witch. What a what would have been the photo of one? Yeah. Our yeah. image image of one. Snapshot. Sure. Um, so which is better, I guess. It, which one do you prefer, Gretchen? When it's completely fictional or when it's well-researched, rooted in his history, we're naming actual people, but it's still a fiction story. So like, that's what practical magic would be. Right. I don't know. So I actually, Hocus Pocus doesn't bother me on the same level because it, you're right. It's so goofy. Like it's, it's well, very it's a children's satirical. story. It's satirical. It's not taken directly from the era. But then when I think about it more, I'm like, should it bother me even more? Because now like we're making fun of making fun of those people who thought are the situation, making light of the situation, I think is what bothers me on that one. So I don't know. And then I think about, well, when they do it on the other hand, where they're like, oh, these people have to be witches because they're descendants of so-and-so who is clearly a witch and it's like a real name sometimes. Like there's several names that are commonly thrown around that I'm like, <laughs> that person was very, I think about like Rebecca nurse was a big one. Mm-hmm. One of the sisters we covered and she fought literally to her grave, even and, and the sister Mary, like that wasn't the one that survived. Was it the one, the two that didn't survive? One of them on the gallows even made a huge statement about not being yeah. a witch. But yet that family and those sisters are very commonly pulled into this thread of they must be witches because they're descendants of so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah. that that just sits wrong in my gut because they they fought very hard to have their name cleared and someone is profiting off of a story that is false. And frequently doesn't belong to them. So like Alice Hoffman does not do that. She heard all of her characters are fictionalized. She does bring up what was happening in both Essex counties around the story of Maria Owens, because that's when Maria Owens story is set. Um, And she does say like, this is what was being done to people. This is what was happening. Mm -hmm. She brings up the big names in the the persecution just to, to recognize that. And like, if you view it that way, and, and this is of course the book, not the movie, but if you look at it that way and think maybe she's sparking more research through her fiction, like, I think that's kind of cool. Um, I don't, I think she does write by history, but I'm not one of those families. So I can't say that. Um, but there's other things, there's other things that like, um, I think I think of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Right. And their tie-ins to ancestry and it's not even set in Salem. The cat's named Salem. Um it's set in the town next door to Riverdale, which I don't remember the name of. Cloverdale, Cloverburg, I don't know. Um probably not Clover yeah, at all. <laughs> I do. Well, I used to love the comics. That was my favorite in the in the Archie Digest. My favorite part of the comics was Sabrina. So like, I, I remember a lot, but they don't, it's only the most recent iteration of Sabrina, the Netflix show that, that has that ancestry that tie into the Salem menopause trials. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, okay, let's, let's take 
you know, what Alice Hoffman, for example, since this was originally going to be about Alice Hoffman, but we kind of realized the end all be all Alice Hoffman was she writes some really darn good sisters, go read her books. Um, What she has done is like brought some of the way women were treated to the forefront, which I'm totally down with. Like, yeah, as part of the whole thing, there's a reason it's called Salem menopause trials is that women were mistreated simply for being women and for making choices that women made, which looked a little witchy to people that couldn't explain it, which was really just women's hormones. So what if all of our magic actually just lies in our ability to be hormonal? Yeah. Well, and, and there, well, there's also like, there's ancestral characters to the Owens family who chose not to marry. They chose to live alone. And that's where some accusations came from. I don't want to like reveal a lot, but just that simple choice is what made them othered and made them accused of witchcraft. Yeah. And I mean, we still do that. We call people spinsters. We call people old maids. I'm still on the fence then. About? About how I, you know, about what, how I feel about people using that history. Oh, yeah, certainly. And, and to me, there's some, there's, there's a little bit of everything too. Cause we can't also like, there's some, there's some animated movie. I think it might be a Tim Burton movie that's set in Salem. And I don't even remember there being witches in it, but it's actually really good. And my friends from Salem love it because it takes that whole commercialization and um, like marketing aspect of it and flips it on its head. And it's so it's like some some kids monster movie. It is really, really good. Well, I just so I just went in and looked up. Of course, I looked at uh, movies about Salem. Um, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. But some of but I, I don't know. I, I Googled the same thing, but some of them are things filmed in Salem. Uh, which one? So which one was the one you were talking? Hubie Halloween? Was that? No, I don't know what that is. That sounds like a 90s thing. 2020 Netflix. Oh, well, it's very 90s. Yeah. Um, But also like a classic, The Crucible. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it had a completely valid portrayal of it's certain. So Arthur Miller certainly took in the hysteria part of it and he portrayed the hysteria. But many people produce that and still make Tituba a witch. And these people are witchy. And there's so many liberties taken with that that it's kind of hard to say that that that's what it is also like why are there only witches in salem and why is salem only witches like if i grew up in salem i wouldn't want it to be like oh well you must be a witch i don't think anyone would say that now actually i think i have seen hubie halloween now that i look at the poster but i do need to know also um yes. since this is not a debate we're gonna end tonight but i think we brought oh yeah no points and made people think oh i hope someone's thinking a little bit now when they watch is like hmm is this really fair to those women? Because there were women that, you know, literally were put to death and were against that whole thing. Um, but since we're on kind of a literary sister topic, and this is one of a little more, I don't know, not so scripted episodes. The Worst Witch was an amazing book series. Next. Not what I was going to ask. What are some of your other favorite literary sisters? Oh, definitely Little Women. The Ingalls Wilder. Oh, see, I'm not a huge fan of Ingalls. You didn't like the books when you were little? I I think I did like the books when I was little. Yeah. But I don't know that I was, like, I wouldn't chart them as favorite sisters. 
Like I always thought Mary was kind of a punk. I think because you watched the show too. Oh, maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah, I yeah, I I think they were. There's some of my first literary sisters that I read a lot about. Um, I'm thinking. I, I think that um, Louisa May Alcott's real life sister stories, like how she, she and her sisters were in that's real life. Asked, but that's not what I asked. And how I know I, <laughs> I just I just gravitate to Louisa May Alcott also because she wrote books for her niece. And I want to do that for my niece. Yes. Well, I wonder her niece's name your... was Lula. Aw. Lulu. Like Lulu. Not Lula. Lulu. Um, aw. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay, but what are some other than maybe not sisters, but people who sisters that were written really well in literature, because I come back to all the time, um, the Outlander series, Jamie's sister, Jenny is like the most sister of all sisters. And she yeah. gets even more sistery the further you go in the series. She's yes. a very well-written Scottish woman, sister, 1700s. It's great. So hear me out on this one. Okay. Seth Graham Smith took Pride and Prejudice and rewrote it to be Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. The movie oh, is yes. terrible. Okay, I didn't know about this. The movie's bad, but the book is great. And the way the sisters behave in the book as kind of the antithesis to how they are in, in Jane Austen's version, I love them so much. Pride and Prejudice. Is that the same author who does like um... Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters? Yeah, and then there one like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Killer. Vampire. I don't think he did that one. Oh, okay, okay. Let me see. But um, it's that same genre. Let's see. He did um, the Spider-Man Handbook, How to Survive a Horror Movie. Oh, yeah, he did do Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Cool. So Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire what Hunter. What do you think though about Sister Bear from Berenstein Bears? No, thank you. Also, you Mercer well Mayer's just Mercer Mayer's little sister, the little hedgehog characters. Yeah, no, not a fan. That little sister whose book is Me Too, and all she does is scream Me Too. No, thank you. I think the bear stain bears need family therapy. Big time. Yeah, that daddy bear doing nothing. Yeah, he does just fart around. Yeah, he does nothing. And mama bear is always mean and mad. I'm like, yeah, of course she is because daddy bear's not doing anything. <laughs> And she's always grocery shopping. Daddy Bear's Have you like, hey that? guys, let's go for a bike ride. Also, the illustrations of their feet gross me out. Yeah, their feet are pretty gross. I what think their... Jelly Bean, um, Jughead's little sister in the Archie comics is a great little sister. You are sister. on about these Archie comics. I feel like I need to go watch them. Watch them? Shut up. <laughs> on microfiche. That's read technically no, watching we them. Used to, <laughs> we used to read them all the time because that's what was available. Our aunt collected them. Yes. And we read them. I, I have one on my guest bedside table. Which is exactly where I would have read them. That's why it's on there. Yeah. It was on there from when you visited. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of other literary sisters. Yeah, my book tough. Let's see. Um, any sister in Red Wall series Anything is a good sister. Anything out of dynamic systems, fundamentals, statistics, advanced strength and applied stress analytics, robotics. Wow. Yeah, this is what's on the bookshelf in my office. There's also the book that my husband co-wrote, Machine Tool Vibrations and Cutting Dynamics. A couple copies of that. That you wanted me to read a quote well, actually, from at your actually, wedding. Actually, he wrote it, and then uh, his advisor was a co-author, so he wrote it. So, yeah, but I don't think there was a quote that was... Um, yeah, it was all formulas and, yeah. like, Greek letters. I don't even know how to start that. I don't either. 
But I did read from Outlander. Yes, you did. Yeah. The brogue. Yes, I did. I did my best. Um, There's a Mineola Twins. That's a play, but it's one of my favorite plays about sisters. I don't know that one. Well, you should probably read it because we're going to star in it. As soon as Godspell closes, I'm coming out there and we're going to go on tour with the Mineola Twins. Sweet. Who do I get to be? You get to be one of the Mineola Twins and I'll be the other one. And then there's, and then there's a part for Erica in it too. Let's see. Kelsey makes fun of me because, okay, scratch that. Our cousin always makes fun of me because whenever I tell a story about a friend, it's always Erica and she thinks that's the only friend. So she's right. I was about to say, there's, we have certain keepers. <laughs> just kidding. I have plenty of friends and I love them all. She just happens to be um, in the stories that this one particular cousin would appreciate. I want to see this. I want to like learn more about this. Mineola so twins? Oh, I definitely want to play Myrna then. I'm pretty sure know. they're played by the same people. Was, I th- just thought that it was the good twin, so I picked Myrna. Uh, well, I think I think Myrna and actually we wouldn't be in it because I think the two twins are played by the same people. I want to be Myrna Sarah. and Myra. Sarah and Jim. So m- what? Because Jim and Sarah are played by the same person. I want to be that person. Okay. You I feel like I would do a wonderful and Sarah. Job I'm not kissing you though. We're gonna have to find somebody else to star nope. in it. You're right. Okay. Disregard. I love you, but I'm not gonna kiss you no, romantically. So weird. I couldn't even wrap my can't even wrap my brain around. Like I can't even say it. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's a different type of genre than we're going for with this play. Yeah. All right. Well, Gretchen, thank you for joining me on that difficult conversation about the Salem menopause trials. I think it was difficult. I think it was just a good conversation. No, it's it's not difficult. It's just like basically you have to make up your own mind. And as it may well be different for our each work. As well as our discussion about um literary sisters, because everyone needs a favorite. I feel like we could do like several episodes on literary sisters. Yeah, we have done some, but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. My least favorite literary sisters are Bianca and Katarina in Taming of the Shrew. Oh, yeah. We all know. Didn't we do a podcast on them already? Or would we have yes, but it was but- terrible, so we haven't put it out yet. <laughs> we need to re-record that. That was re-record that. That was like the second thing we recorded, and it, it was bad. It had potential to be good, but you came in with like a BuzzFeed list and would not be derailed. I know, because I like a good list. And you Is that an like, Enneagram one thing? I would try to say something, and you would go... That's nice. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I was like, this is Jesse, why don't you just do it by yourself and read out a list? I could have. Um, you're an Enneagram one. Yes. Which means that I drive down the in an empty parking lot, I still drive the appropriate direction. Okay. You are principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Um, your basic fear is of being corrupt and evil or defective. Yep. Your basic desire is to be good, to have integrity, and to be balanced. Yep. So usually when you're a one, you wing one of the areas like, um, so I'm an eight wing seven versus an eight wing nine, which means I'm kind of, I'm definitely not a wing nine. You're not an idealist. You're an advocate. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Does that sound like an antique telephone? Of all the antique telephones I know, it sounds like one to me. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Well, this has been chaos and. Wait, everyone needs to know about my Enneagram. Oh, God. Hold on, wait, no, I wanted to find it from the same one that I found yours from. Just, it says anything about you. And oh, darling. It doesn't. My basic fears of being harmed or controlled by others. Check. Basic desires protect themselves and be controlled their own life and destiny. Bam. 
and I'm okay. That's all. All right. This has been a very chaotic time and I've very much enjoyed it. Thank you, Gretchen. This has been wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Bye sisters. Bye sisters.